Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 243 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, and today we're going to be talking about selective tissue tension testing. We'll be going over what that is, we'll be talking about how to identify certain structures in the human body, and we'll also talk about how to utilize it with your evaluations and so much more. But before we get started, I'd like to just take a moment to hear a word from our sponsor. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first-ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Welcome back, everyone. So, what a beautiful day today in northern Maine. It's about 75 degrees, the breeze is blowing, and the sun is out, and it's really a rarity for us, and we're super excited. It's been such a great day, and I hope you all have been having a great day also. And I uh, just want to thank you all before we get started today for listening to OEP and for taking in everything that uh, I bring to you with uh, experience, okay? I'm one of the only therapists you'll ever meet with uh, so few credentials behind their name. I only am a PT. I'm not an MSPT or DPT or CSCS or any of that. I don't have any of those credentials, but I do have a lot of experience to bring to you. Okay. Uh, and so that's why I do this. I want to leave you folks with fruitful information that will help you get through your day, especially while you're working on your orthopedic and sometimes neurological patients. So Back to today's show, we're going to be talking about selective tissue tension testing. And if this doesn't take you back to college, for those of you who have been out in the field for a while, nothing will. Um, now, like anything else, you need to know your anatomy. So if you think you can start doing selective tissue tension testing and you're not confident in your anatomy, you're just going to get nowhere. Okay, It's like taking your car out for a ride, but you forgot to put the tires on it. You're not going to get very far, are you? So same thing here. You need to know your anatomy, especially your origins, insertions, and actions. Really the most important aspects of the anatomy to know when talking about selective tissue tension testing. I don't know if I'll be able to say that 10 times fast, but I'm going to do my very best with the selective tissue tension testing today. So bear with me, folks. Uh, if you know your anatomy and how to perform the selective tissue tension test, you're really um, going to do well. And you really don't even need to know how to do special tests because really special tests are usually selective tissue tension testing with a name. Okay, so they're just selective tissue tension tests that have been named. And so if you think about it, um, that's just another way of 
kind of when you use your special test, it's just a way of shortening up your exam, your evaluation, and how you document it. Okay, because it's way easier to say that the patient had a positive valgus stress test than to say while placing the knee musculature in the loose pack position at about 25 to 30 degrees and holding the ankle with one hand and placing a valgus stress at the knee with the other to load the medial collateral ligament and assess for pain and integrity. I mean, that's a mouthful. And you don't want to say that every time you do some sort of a special test with the patient or you do selective tissue tension testing. So most special tests are really just selective tissue tension testing with a name. So with that being said, what is selective tissue tension testing? And it's pretty much in the name itself, okay? So it's tension that is placed on a tissue to evaluate the integrity of that tissue and or to elicit pain. So most importantly, selective tissue tension testing is used to identify if a tissue is contractile or non-contractile, okay? So I'm going to give you some examples. I think it's really the best way to um, try to go through this. I think it's important that you understand that if you stretch a tissue and you contract a tissue, you know it's contractile if that tissue hurts. But if a different tissue hurts, you need to be thinking outside of the box and going in a different direction. I'll give you several examples here. We'll start off with a real easy one, and then we'll kind of work into something that might be a little bit trickier. Um, so let's say that we have a, a, a distal biceps injury. Somebody was uh, maybe shoveling, and they were reaching out really far, and then that shovel got caught on something while they were flexing the shoulder and flexing the elbow at the same time with a fully extended arm, uh, and they developed some pain in their, in their proximal forearm. And then you start up with your evaluation and maybe you're suspicious that it's a bicep issue. So what you should do is you should contract it. So flex the elbow, give them some resistance, um, and then resist supination, okay? Because remember, your biceps is a major supinator. Um, and then, so that's your contraction part of it. And then you're going to stretch the biceps by extending the elbow and then pronating the forearm, okay? So you're putting that biceps on stretch. Uh, and so if the insertion or the muscle itself is painful when you contract it and when you stretch it, then you need to be somewhat suspicious that it's your biceps, okay? So that's a great way to try to identify if this is contractile or non-contractile or if it's one tissue versus another. Now, let's talk about the hamstrings, for example. Um, let's say somebody strained their hamstring. They, they, they hit a ball. They were at the plate. They hit a ball. They, they bolt at the first base, and all of a sudden, they get this significant strain in the back of their leg. Well, what you want to do is take that patient, if you suspect it's a hamstring issue, and you want to passively stretch it by flexing the hip and extending the knee to see if they have pain in the hamstring. And then what you do is you have them contracted by having them flex the knee either in a seated position or if they're on their back or even on their stomach, you have them flex it. Now, if flexing the hamstring and stretching the hamstring is painful in the hamstring, then you can, you know, with... You know, good surety say that they have a hamstring problem. But let's say that you contract the hamstring and they have no pain in the hamstring. You stretch the hamstring and they have no pain in the hamstring, but they have pain elsewhere, like the lateral hip. So now you know that you've contracted it and you stretched it and the hamstring itself did not hurt. 
but there was pain elsewhere. So what is that leg going through? What's happening there? Um, so your hamstrings are being stretched. It's pulling on the sciatic nerve. If you have an L5 nerve root compression, it's very, very common to have lateral hip pain. And um, so that person may have a herniated disc at um, the L5 nerve root. And so um, you know, keep an eye on that stuff. And um, just because they have pain while going through some of these tests doesn't mean that it's actually that tissue. Okay, especially if it hurts elsewhere. So um, another one that I, I like to talk about is the greater trochanteric bursitis, the almighty greater trochanteric bursitis, which 99% of people get diagnosed with and injected for. And uh, oftentimes that pain from the lateral hip may be coming from somewhere else. Um, so for those of you who haven't uh, already seen uh, my latest ebook on lateral hip pain and how to identify it, um, go ahead over to my website. I'll put a link into the show notes and check that out. Um, the ebook goes through differential diagnosis, all the different sources of lateral hip pain, how to identify those sources of hip pain. And, um, you know, we go through some of the lookalikes and also bring you to some videos of some special tests that we do when trying to evaluate these different diagnoses. So um, those are all linked into the ebook. And it's really nice little comprehensive uh, book that doesn't take too long to get through and really gives you a lot of information. So back to our greater trochanteric bursitis. Oftentimes these are tender to touch. Okay. And if it is tender to touch, we know that the greater trochanteric bursa is a non-contractile tissue, correct? Let's say you put that patient on their side with the bad side up and you um, have them abduct the hip. Maybe they have a hard time lifting it up off the table, off, the, off their leg, or they get it up and then you give them a little bit of resistance so you're testing their abductors, their glute med, and they have a severe amount of pain. Well, then what you should do Remember, the bursa is not a contractile tissue, so they shouldn't have pain if all they have is a bursitis. Now, what you do is you put them on their back, and then you uh, passively adduct the hip to see if there is some discomfort there. And oftentimes, it's a little bit difficult to get them pushed far enough to get some uh, some pain there. But remember, activities that cause pressure on that area would be resisted abduction and then stepping up onto a step. So utilizing that leg to pull yourself up the step can be very, very painful if you have a glute med tear. Okay. So they will then be tender to touch. They will be tender to contract and sometimes tender to stretch. Um, but if you contract that tissue and it's not hurting and all they have is tender to palpation, tenderness to palpation, more likely to be just the bursitis there. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. Um, I, there are so many that we can go through and what I'm going to do in my next podcast is I'm going to go through some orthopedic lookalikes so that I can just jam out a list of different diagnoses that people miss all the time, um, because they just think it is going to be a certain diagnosis because it is in a certain area. And so we'll talk about some of those lookalikes so you don't get caught, um, you know, five, eight. 10 treatments into a treatment with a patient and then realize, hmm, I think I missed my diagnosis because they're not getting better. And remember, the reason people don't get better most of the time is because they weren't diagnosed appropriately. Okay. And that's why OEP is here for you. And that's, um, you know, so I'm going to lay some of those out for you and it's going to, should be a fun episode. Uh, we'll talk about a bunch of stuff that I've seen in the last 30 years that, um, you know, have uh, made me scratch my head, but also made me open up the books 
which is something we used to do in the past. Now we can kind of go online and get some really good information that way. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you about some of that stuff. So that'll be a fun one. So here, um, here's another tricky one if we were going to go uh, on examples about uh, so selective tissue tension testing. Um, remember, we just uh, spoke recently about the Bacotti sign. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, be sure to do that. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel on the Bacotti sign. Um, that is the test where you bring the arm overhead. You basically flex the elbow, abduct the shoulder, and you place the forearm on the head. If that gives you relief um, from radicular pain down the arm, you need to be suspicious that it could be related to uh, nerve root compression in your neck. Okay. But what I'm, what I want you to do here is I want you to think about what is happening when you are doing these tests. Okay. So think it through. So if you abduct, if you passively abduct the patient's arm and you flex the elbow and you put it on their head. Now the rotator cuff is on rest. It's not actively trying to hold the arm up there, but it is getting pinched. Okay. Um, but in regards to the selective tissue tension, the cuff is out of tension. Okay. The neural structures in the brachial plexus are also out of tension, so they are at rest, all right? Now, if you let that arm down by your side uh, and they start to develop some lateral epicondyle pain, maybe you're suspicious that they have a lateral epicondylitis. So what do you do? You stretch the extensor carpi radialis brevis, and then you contract the extensor carpi radialis brevis. Now, what if they don't have any pain in the extensor carpi radialis brevis or in the lateral epicondyle region? You need to be thinking in another direction, like a look-like. Okay, what else could this be? And so you do the Bacotti sign again. You put everything on slack. You put it overhead, and it goes away. You need to be very suspicious of a C7 nerve root compression. Okay, so it's really about thinking about every single activity you do with that patient. Am I putting the tissue on stress? Am I putting it on slack? Um, is it causing certain types of symptoms? Are the symptoms at the area that I expected them to be at, or are they in a different region? Okay, so just to recap today, selective tissue tension testing helps to identify if a tissue that is involved is contractile or non-contractile. Again, know your anatomy okay so if you have somebody coming in with an elbow issue or a hand issue or an ankle issue it's really good to review your anatomy if you're just not comfortable with that particular area and everybody has areas that they have strong suits in and weak sides in and so and i i do also and so it's not uncommon for me to go and do a little hand review because i just don't see a lot of hands before somebody comes in with a suspected cmc uh, arthritis or decor veins or something like that um, so know your anatomy that's extremely important then last thing think about the tissue you are tensioning or putting on slack okay so think three-dimensionally think internally like think like if you're in that body looking at that tendon or that joint or that that spur you know what is happening there and um, look at it that way and I think you'll have much more success and that will significantly help your orthopedic evaluation skills so I hope you like today's episode um, and please send me your questions I love answering your questions and uh, if uh, you want me to I can put them on the show and we can have a discussion about them there. Be sure to check out our website uh, for our new ebooks and our blogs. Be sure to um, you know check out our online courses also because we have this content here to help you make your orthopedic evaluation skills better. So with that being said, folks, be kind to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. 
For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.